0: We all deal with conflict differently, whether it's within or externally. Some project, some withdraw, some object, some ignore. Some of us battle with ourselves about saying something or not. I found the ones who stay quiet have perhaps the most powerful messages. Yet stay quiet because they do not want to side. Or they bounce between understanding each side and find it difficult to say anything at all. These ones do not know if they are right. And this is why they also stay quiet. I have battled with this dynamic. Do I stay quiet or do I say something? What do I say? And this is another trap when we are emerging from polarised consciousness. We become caught in this neutrality trap. Do I stay neutral? What does neutral even mean? This is something that we will explore and I will explore in other sessions. It is possible to have opinions and also be in the process of exploring what we believe in. This is the difference between having a belief that is full of conviction, unbreakable knowing, and one that is flexible, one that is open, one that is fluid, explorative, yet still shares valuable insights. We're living in times with our internet where everyone has a voice, The loudest in the room are the ones who have great conviction in their own beliefs. In other words, they believe they are right and wish everyone to know about how right their beliefs are. This essentially is the nature of righteousness, which we all have in some form or another. It is deep in our programming. Whether we choose to spread that belief is an individual choice, yet reflects something deeper. I have spent the last five to six years deprogramming from a sense of righteousness with my spiritual beliefs, which I have shared in my courses, and it has unravelled and uncovered many new ideas and ways of looking at the world. When I look back at my life, I realise just how much I believed I was right, how much I thought I knew. If we do not know what is right, does it mean that we stay silent? Does it mean that we ignore? Does it mean that we sit on a so-called fence? Fences only exist when there are two sides. For polarized conflict, they will always see a fence and see those as not involved in their polarized war are sitting upon it. For those not seeing sides will see many shades of complexity in between. When it comes to war it is a complex area. When we side we fuel the divisions. When we say everyone should just love one another we bypass the very real traumas people are experiencing on the ground level. So what do we do? To understand division and war, it is important to understand our own shadow behaviors, our reflective natures, and the journey towards unity consciousness by understanding our polarized natures. The world is healing the idea of persecution on a deep level during this time. Persecution is a grounding force of conflict. It is the source of the victim-blame-persecutor cycle. Victim consciousness essentially says I blame... for my problems. I know this well from my own time in depression. I blamed everything around me. I blamed myself. I didn't know any other way to explain why I was experiencing what I was. I didn't know anything else apart from blame. Yet it trapped me in victim consciousness, and I became a victim of my own reality. Reality reflected this back to me. Blame requires an enemy. Always. It is a human response to pain. It evokes emotions and can allow for a healing process, providing it is contained. If it is allowed to fester and grow out of control, it becomes controlling and severely distorts our reality. It will see enemies everywhere and disown our own reality. It was when I began to explore that idea of empowerment consciousness, here taking ownership of my reality, which is a very challenging thing to do because I still misread this as self-blame initially, here I began to understand that this wasn't about blame of anyone including me, it was about responsibility, I began to understand it was about me being in the driving seat to change my reality, we are no longer the victim, we no longer want to blame, cracks open and the light is allowed in, Compassion enters and we begin to forgive, we begin to let go, we begin to understand, we begin to listen. Persecution is rife throughout our history in many, many ways. The problem with persecution is that victim consciousness will cloud the possibility that we ourselves can be a persecutor. Victim consciousness will always see the self as the victim of a problem. So it could never be the initiator. In a way, we are always the hero of our own story. For me, in my depression, I was the greatest victim in my own personal reality. If we haven't resolved our victim consciousness, we haven't resolved our inner persecutor either, as both are connected. Both are shadows of one another. This brings me to the modern-day witch hunt. Are we the new persecutors? What happened to the women during the Middle Ages were terrible. Yet the energy of the mob and the persecution still lay within humanity's framework. Whenever we feel the need for self-righteous justification, it takes us into the reactionary witch-hunt mentality. We see it play out in many ways. In recent years we have seen it play out in terms of shame culture. It is more persecution persecuting others for not sharing our beliefs. The cancel culture is essentially a witch hunt. And strangely, it emanated from the left movement, the liberal movement. Yet is this strange when we are depolarizing? Left becomes right, right becomes left. This is the nature of depolarization. In social activism which i was involved in for many years it plays out as persecuting the persecutor in essence it's like judging the one who judges yet we become the very thing we are pointing the finger at because that is how we meet that energy the problem with persecution is that we are fueled by a sense of righteousness perhaps initially to defend those we believe have been persecuted, without realizing we are becoming the persecutor ourselves. As we do, we end up persecuting the innocent, because that is the nature of the witch hunt. There is another element here that we need to be aware of in regards to how we heal especially if we are unconscious of our healing, which all of us are. We are only conscious of what we are conscious of. Often we will use external situations, dramas, to play out our own dramas. They become a portal for us to heal. Yet the problem with this, as we project onto the collective, and become vocal with it is that we become part of the problem or should I say we create new problems we deepen divisions again this isn't about self blame it is about self responsibility we all use external situations as opportunities for our own healing an extreme example here would be road rage down to the so called microaggressions we do daily with our projections, also referred to as passive aggressive behavior, it is really about our unresolved emotions finding a way to vent in our daily life so that we may see them. However, if we are unconscious about this process, we do not see them, we project and become them. We blame, we judge, we criticize. Yet these are all reflections of deeper wounds of needing self-healing. Again, to reiterate, this isn't about self-judgment, or judging others for judging. It is about changing our behaviour, changing our beliefs, appreciating and taking responsibility for our actions, and creating change. Divisive world events allow us to project our internal war onto them. What I have found is that when I am unhappy in my life, especially when I am unconscious about it, when there are things missing, I will become absolutely wrapped up in world events. In my earlier journey it was conspiracies, or anything that allowed me to feel an us versus them. Because under the surface I was experiencing me versus me. Us versus them allows us to feel justified with our anger, feel vindicated with our frustration, displace personal responsibility and issue blame for our problems. Initially we feel better, inverted commas, as we project. We are no longer carrying the burdens of our inner pain. Yet it takes us down a rabbit hole. A dark one. One where we realise we cannot hide from our unresolved pains. We cannot throw it away. It becomes amplified as we project it. It becomes uglier as we displace it. In a way, this also serves us, because we reach a point where we realise just how far we have dug ourselves into, to recognise we no longer wish to play in this dark pit. We will continue to be enraged by things that have very little to do with us, because they offer us opportunities to vent our inner pain and anger. Meeting our own suffering is essential to relate and understand the suffering of the world. Most are not in touch with their own suffering. and This creates a huge problem collectively. It means that we project it externally as a way to deal with it. When we feel the need to tell others around us about the suffering of the world intently, we create more fear, more panic, more division, and more suffering. When we feel the need for others to suffer with us, this seems selfish, and perhaps it is, yet it is our only way on this unconscious level to deal with it. When we take responsibility for our own suffering, we realise this is something I do not wish to spread around. I want to deal with it and put out a very different message. This doesn't mean that we hide our suffering. It means the opposite. We own it, we acknowledge it, we share about it vulnerably. We recognize it is directly influencing the way we see reality. We realize we have something missing in our life and maybe, possibly, using external events, to be seen, to be heard, to be recognised by others. Maybe it is also a sign that this something missing can be filled with something more fulfilling. This isn't to deny the power of raising awareness around issues that need to be highlighted in society. It is to recognise with humility that we may not know what those issues really are because we are inherently biased. We can only know if we truly research and listen to both proverbial sides, hear for more, then begin our journey. Yet how many of us truly do this? In nearly all of these cases we have an initial reaction, and this reaction comes from somewhere. right now I feel a great question to ask is not what kind of world we want to live in, but what kind of world are we responsible for creating and sustaining for others to live in. When we have this as our core drive, world positive change will accelerate. Blessings on your journey. Namaste.